2: You're listening to KUCI Irvine.
0: Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable
1: computer ever made. i streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the great robot wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in free. 2, 1. listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And that was a little Kurt Fletcher off of Shades of Blue. That was track seven, Worried Man Blues. Standing by on my show today is Serena Dykman. She's a writer, director, producer who's joining me. She's based out of New York. She's a filmmaker and a recent graduate from, the, from NYU's T- Tisch School of the Arts. And her work has ranged from comedy to drama and documentaries. I have some information up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And it's my pleasure to welcome Serena Dykman. Good morning. Hi, thanks for calling in. Of course. Thanks for having me. I read your bio, and I was uh, really interested in having you on. Um, congratulations. You graduated recently from the Tisch School of the Arts. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> How did you get into filmmaking?
2: Um, well, it's, it's a long story. My, my parents were in film and in theater, so I kind of grew up uh, in the entertainment industry. Uh, but I, I started off in theater more on, um, on the acting side of things. And a few years ago, I took a class in London at the Met Film School, which was called From Story to Screen in Eight Weeks.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Um, I kind of wanted to know more about film, and film is this thing that you can't really understand until you do it. Right. Um, and it was, we had to write a short film and direct it in eight weeks, which
1: was Whoa. <laughs> quite a challenge. <laughs> yes, I'll say. Um,
2: and I, I made the very terrible decision of directing myself in it, Oh, wow. Um, but I, you know, I knew that there was very little at stake, so I, I, decided to, to make the mistake, uh, and the day I got on set and had to direct, I, it, as cheesy as this could sound, um, it just felt right.
1: That's great. Uh, and I, I kind of, yeah, has, has been doing it ever since. That's great. Uh, let me ask you, did you watch the Emmys last night? I didn't.
2: I actually got off a very, very long flight. I was Uh, in L.A. and in Montana, so I unfortunately (laughs) fell asleep right
1: before. (laughs) I was going to ask you if there are filmmakers that inspire you. Uh,
2: I mean, there are a lot. I don't like to to limit myself to one or the other, but if I really had to pick, I would say that Woody Allen is on the top of my list. I I really like the, the fact that he just keeps doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't seem to really care if people like it or not. He does, he makes film for the sake of making films. Yes. Which is something I very, I respect a lot.
1: Yeah, and he has a very unique style, for sure.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, he's very inspired by by New York, which is something uh, that I can absolutely relate to being a New Yorker myself.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm from New York as well. Great city, right? I love New York. Uh <laughs> oh, I, I miss it so much. You know, you and especially living out here uh, in Southern California. You know, I feel like I need my fix soon. Well, whenever you want to come by, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. So, what's it like going from at, you know in front of the camera to behind the camera? Well, it's it's different, but
2: at the same time, I I feel like I gained a lot from having been on in front of the camera or in front of the stage. Um, to to the other side my, I think my, my strong skill is really In, in directing actors
0: mm-hmm.
2: And the reason why I think I can do that or relate to that Is because I've been on the other side right. um, It's it's really about Speaking a common language And knowing what it feels like To be in front of that camera uh, And being able to speak to your actors And relate to them uh, That's important yes. uh, So I think that every you know, every director should should know what it feels like and should be able to, to speak that language
1: to their actors. You know, I want to share something with you. I was on a project last week at AFI in, in Los Angeles, and there was a great director. And it really makes a huge difference. I mean, the team was incredible, but to have a really talented director, uh, you know, helping you understand the script, um, the motives behind the script... And bring things out of you you might not have thought that were in you. I, it's really fascinating. Yeah, I completely agree. Tell me about your award winning uh, shorts. You've done the Doorman and Welcome. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I have a couple of shorts on the festival circuit
2: right now. Um, Welcome and Bedbugs and Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome Cute. has yeah. been doing really well. I'm I'm very happy with uh, where it's going. Uh, We're in twenty-five festivals as of now. Amazing. uh, Still waiting for a
1: few more. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Did you uh, did you write it as well, or just directing? Uh, Writing, directing, producing. All of it, all by yourself. Yes. That's fantastic. (laughs) I
2: haven't slept in a few years. (laughs) Don't tell anybody.
1: (laughs) In a few years. (laughs) And uh, I watched the trailer uh, for some of these on your website, which is um, it's on Serena Dykman, right? Yes, serenadexman.com. Let me spell that for everybody S E R E N A D Y K M A N.com. Uh, tell me about inspiration for these films. Uh,
2: well, it, it really depends on the film. For Welcome, it's uh, based on a very personal experience. Uh, it's a short about U.S. immigration more from a, a European standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole film takes place at secondary inspection at the airport. Uh, it's kind of intertwined with a love story. She's stuck uh, in secondary inspection while her boyfriend is waiting outside the airport to propose to her, Aww. which she doesn't know because you can't, you're not allowed to use your cell phone while you're in there, uh, so they can't reach each other. So it has some kind of a thriller element to it as well. Uh, so this is something that to some extent happened to me uh, wow. when I was 16, so the, the inspiration is very obvious to people who know me. Who
1: know you, sure.
2: Um, okay. For the other two shorts that I've done, uh, Bed Bugs and Company is a absurd comedy about a bed bug inspector who infests people's apartments with <gasps> bed bugs. Ugh. So this is not a personal <laughs> story. Let me reassure you. Okay. Um, it's um, I when I was saying that New York is a very inspiring city. It's it's really in the um, the people that you can meet in New York. New York is filled with those very random and inspiring and weird people that you meet on a daily basis. And I I thought one day that I had bedbugs. Good thank God, I didn't. Um, (laughs) But I had this bedbug inspector come to my apartment, and um, it was just the weirdest and strangest experience to have this guy show up with a dog, uh, dog in my apartment. And he was like, okay, you have to leave the apartment. And he just kind of intruded in my personal life. And you know, it was under my bed and this and That's that. And she's like, Yeah, this is like the seventh apartment I see today and I was just like what a what a strange job to be having. Yes. Um, you know, and then you go home at night to your girlfriend and you're like, Hey babe, I've you know, seen like seven apartments today and like <laughs> was checking if we had bed bugs everywhere. Um, so that was kind of the, the idea for
1: that. That's funny. So dogs sniffing out bed bugs, is that really feasible?
2: I mean, it's, it's the way that it's really the dog, the canine dog, that can um, see or smell if there is bed bug eggs. I see. Um, it's, it's a very, very strange yes. situation that yes. I thought deserved to be on
1: screen. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you were born in Paris. I was, yes. What was it like growing up there? Uh, well, I was—I grew up between
2: Paris and Brussels. I'm—I'm I'm Belgian, just born in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely different from from the U.S. I—I um, I mean, I've—I've I've gotten the chance to kind of compare the two. I like it here better, though. I'm very attached to my uh, to my European roots. Sure. Um, but I think you know it's—it's it's very strange because when people see my work here. Like oh, it's so European, and when people see my work over there, they're like oh, it's so American. That's
0: strange.
1: I'm like
2: okay, so <laughs> where what what is it? Right. Um, so I guess it's just very Serena. That's the only conclusion I can I can draw from this.
1: That's Funny. And uh, so, what do your parents think of the direction you took? It, does it make obviously it must make sense? I'm sorry. What do your parents think of the direction that you have taken with your career?
2: Uh, well, I, I think they're happy. I mean, they're, they're very, very supportive. That's I um, I haven't lived with them since I was 16.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, every time I tell that to someone, they think that uh, we don't get along. We do. I call them on a daily basis. Um, I didn't they're, think that at all. They're very, mm-hmm. very supportive. Uh-huh. Um, they're really the reason why I'm where I am today. So I'm That's so great. grateful, and I wish that everyone could have parents like mine. That's wonderful. Um, you know, I, every time I write something or whatever I do, I, I send it to them and I ask for their opinion and for their advice. Uh, and having them, you know, they understand the industry, so it, it makes it a lot easier to
1: communicate. Yes, sure. You know, I, I don't find it so unusual to be on your own at 16. I actually interviewed an actor a while back, and he, at 15, 14, 15, he was on his own. Doing all kinds of things. And sometimes that just happens and it develops you into a more curious, more confident person.
2: Right. Yeah, I think if, I mean, if, if you have your parents' trust and you know how to, how to deal with it and not, you know, not do stupid things because you're young and you're free from your parents, then it, it can, uh, can do good things.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's very true. What was it like going through the Tisch School of the Arts program? A very sleep-depriving experience. Oh
2: no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I had a very good coffee machine with me. Um, it was a, a lot of people have been asking me lately if it was worth it, mm-hmm. uh, and my my honest answer is yes. I did. Um, I transferred there, so I did three years there, okay. and I have to say that the the program is fantastic. But it's more than the program; it's really the people that you meet there. Uh, the students as well as the professors, we get it's more than professors or than teachers. It's it, A lot of the those people really become mentors,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and, you know, those people are Oscar winners and Emmy winners and whatnot. And, that's you know, right. they're the people that I have on speed dial every time I have a new cut or a new project. I mm-hmm. can email them, and I know that I can meet with them for coffee within half an hour, and it's, that's
1: you know, right, that's... Serena.
2: You can, you can put a price tag on this. It's, right. it's just really fantastic, and they've been really supportive of what I'm doing, and it's, uh, it's been a fantastic learning experience and feeling the support of people that, that are just so experienced and so great at what they do.
1: You're very lucky. I am very lucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me about your latest project. Um, So right now I just uh, directed and
2: produced a a feature documentary. Uh, It's called Nana. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about my grandmother who was an Auschwitz survivor. I I call it a transgenerational documentary. It really goes from my grandmother to my mother to me.
0: Uh, We shot in
2: Poland. She was from Poland uh, and in Belgium in March. And we're starting post-production and crowdfunding next month. Um, so this is this is the latest project. It's very different from what I've been doing, just because it's a feature, because it's a documentary, um, you know, because of the the subject matter. Uh, but it's it's really the 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 goal of this film more than than just remembering my grandmother who passed away when I was eleven. It's really a project about tolerance
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in a world that I think needs to be reminded of tolerance right now. Yes. Um, so this is, this is what I've been
1: up to. That's wonderful. And tell me, how do you go about making this project considered she passed away a while ago? There are a lot of people you interview that were very close to her. You have a lot of documents of hers.
2: Yes, uh, we interviewed 15 people that knew her when we were in Brussels, in Belgium, which, which is where she immigrated after the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, people of all different backgrounds and ages, just really the one thing that they had in common was the fact that they knew her. Um and they I mean everyone has been so so supportive of this project which has been so wonderful. Um and uh what we did is she was a very I mean she was kind of a, a very public person. She was part of the Spielberg documentary series. Oh. Um so we have so much archive on her, so many documents. Um so that's it's it's definitely been an easier uh, not an easy process, but we have the material and the fact that I'm her granddaughter definitely makes it
1: That's very special. To Yes. Do you get those documents. Where do you get, I mean, obviously, um, some of your stories are from real life, but are there things that just inspire you? You're just an observer of life and th- ideas come to you.
2: Uh, I think I'm an observer, definitely. I mean, once again, it, it depends on the project, mm-hmm. um, but it's... It's those little things that you see every day that sometimes you don't think anything of, and then suddenly you're like, "Oh, this is this is something that's interesting." For for instance, the the first short I did at NYU, which also was on the festival circuit for a while, uh, which is called The Doorman.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I used to live in a doorman building, and I always thought that the job of a doorman was just so fascinating because they see everyone in the building, they know what deliveries you get, they know who stays over at night, you know, they know so much about you. Right. But once you walk out the door, they don't know anything, and they can't really ask you. I mean, they Mm -hmm. could, but they're not going to. Sure. Um, So I was always really intrigued by the job, but I never really thought of doing anything with it. Uh, And then one day I was like, what if, you know, what if there was a tenant who kind of had a, some kind of a fling or a love story with one of the doormen. How would that work, given mm-hmm. the fact that they actually kind of work or live in the same building? Yes.
0: Uh,
2: and how would that dynamic work with the other doorman? <laughs> and then I used to live in a building with a lot of elderly people, and there was this elderly lady who was always downstairs with my doorman, always, but at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, really? 5 in the morning, she would always hang out. I'm like, what? You know, I don't even stay up that late. No. And I'm, you know, right out of college. Um, and then the, the story of the doorman came along, and it's it's a story of a doorman who performed sexual favors for the elderly uh, ladies in the building. Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: so funny.
2: Which, which is a comedy, let yes. me reassure you. Yes. <laughs> that is funny. Um, so, it's yeah, it's kind of seeing those, you know, daily things, and at some point the idea just kind of comes up, and you start working with it and imagining things around it to make it even more interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it hard to create a short? Is it, does it seem like the same amount of work as a bigger film? Because I've heard that people say it's just as challenging.
2: Uh, I think on some, on some level it is because it's, you know, at the end of the day, you need the same amount of people right. uh, to make it work. It's, just, it's the same amount of people, the same amount of work. It's just less, less time. Uh, to to make it in less time on screen so it's everything just divided by by the amount of days um, and it's it's very hard to get across whatever message you want to get across in 15 minutes or ten minutes or whatnot
0: sure
2: um, so it is it is very hard because you can't really have you won't, you you're only allowed to really have one big story mm-hmm um, you don't have the time to really establish a backstory to a character, so you can't. You don't have the time to justify whatever action a character uh, or decision they take. Um, so it's it, it is it is fairly fairly challenging. Yes, I
0: can um, imagine to
2: to make something work and to get the audience attached to a character they can only see on screen for eight minutes, nine minutes, maybe twenty
1: minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you follow? Sometimes follow a structure like, you know, the act one, act two, plot point one, plot point two, or you just um, follow Can your I own. be honest here? Yeah, yeah, I want to hear what you do. Yeah. Um, I,
2: I'm a writer, I'm a weird writer in the sense that, so I, I get an idea, and once I kind of decide to really make it into a movie,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it's going to do something weird in my head for a while, and then I just sit down and write the script in one go. Which is obviously possible for um, for a short, and yes. would not be possible for a feature.
0: Sure,
2: um, but I, I just sit down and write it in a few hours and don't stop. That's
0: good. Um,
2: but I don't. I won't follow a specific structure or mm-hmm. even write notes. Or it's just. I'm just going to sit down and write it, and then the real rewriting process is going to happen when I start casting.
0: Okay.
2: Um, And then the final draft is going to come when I really do rehearsals. I work a lot with with my actors to come up with the backstory of of the characters, and I do a lot of improv with them to really make those characters sound as real and be as three-dimensional as possible. Um, so I really collaborate with the actors I cast as, as much as possible. Um,
0: That's
1: great. It's not
2: just me telling them what to do. It's, it, it goes both ways.
1: Well, I like that process because you get their perspective into it. Yeah, I
2: think. I mean, I think it's, to me, casting is the most important part of filmmaking. Um, and, you know, actors can feel something that a writer or a director can't. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think I, I would be stupid not to listen to what they
1: have to say. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting because it, it might not be the same uh, story at the end that it was what you put down on paper, but that's fine. It evolves.
2: Yes, exactly. I mean, it's, it's really, and that's, it's part of the work and it's part of the fun of the work. Uh, I, I see a lot of people in film and especially right out of film school who kind of forget to have fun with this. And I, I tell yeah. them, you know, why if you're not having fun with what you're doing, why are you doing it? Right. It should be a fun experience.
1: Yes. Do you prefer comedy over anything else, or you love everything?
2: Um, it's it's hard to answer. I mean, I, I really did start with comedy. I think mm-hmm. it's, um, speaking of fun, once again, it's it's so great to to be at a screening and see people laugh. Yes. You know, this is the entertainment industry where, you know, one of our goals is to entertain people, to make them forget about their daily lives or whatever problems they might be having and make them laugh. And this yeah. is just such a rewarding uh, process when it happens. Uh, but lately, I mean, with Welcome, which is really a drama about immigration, which has, I guess, a deeper message, and then Nana, which is the, the documentary, um definitely further away from comedy uh, and more of a social impact film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, I, I like to be able to explore different genres. and very
0: interesting. And, um,
2: and not limit myself to one thing or another. One of the, the wonderful things about this industry is not to be stuck in a routine and really work project by project. So that's
1: yeah. what I'm trying to do. I think that's great. Where can <laughs> people actually see these films? Um, so... The welcome
2: is on the festival circuit right now. We have four screenings coming up in L.A.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We're at the Hollywood Film Festival this week. We're screening on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday at ArcLike, okay. ArcLike Theatre uh, at 11 a.m. Right. Everything is available on the Hollywood Film Festival website. We're also at LA Fam Film Festival. We're at the Lady Filmmakers Fil- um, Film Festival, and we're also at um, the ARPA International Film Festival in November. Uh, for okay. bedbugs and company for LA we're also at Arpa so both films will be screened at the same time okay oh, uh, otherwise all the info i mean we get into festivals almost on a daily basis so all the info is updated on the facebook pages on a daily basis and
1: what is the facebook page for welcome it's
2: facebook.com/welcome short film okay. for bedbugs and company it's um facebook.com/bbb the movie mhm and nana, it's facebook.com slash nana8documentary.
1: That's great. Is there any last bit of advice you'd like to give to people? Because the theme of the show I didn't mention earlier is get the funk out. So sometimes people are in this career funk, you know. I don't know if you've ever been in that. And Absolutely. So maybe you have some little advice to share? about. Don't listen d- to what people say. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, you know,
2: I I get acceptance letters and rejection letters almost every day Mm -hmm. and it's acknowledging it acknowledging both uh, but not not getting not getting it letting it get to you and it's if you believe in what you're doing it's you know having the self confidence and and believing that what you're doing is worth it and then the rest will come I, I really
1: honestly believe in that I think that's great advice that can be applied to anything acting writing anything yeah, I think so. You know? And if people want more information about you, where should they go?
2: Uh, welcome, uh, sorry, com. Okay. And then I'm on Twitter as well, serenadeichman. Okay. Um, yep, Perfect. I can be followed everywhere on the social media. Great.
1: Well, <laughs> congratulations on all that you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'll, hopefully I'll get to meet you sometime. Absolutely. Next time I'm in LA. Sounds good. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, Serena. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. That was Serena Dykman calling in. She's a New York-based filmmaker, a recent grad from the NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. If you want to find out more about her, her information is up on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And um, a little bit after we wrap, if you've just tuned in late, I will put the full conversation I have with Serena up on the blog. And coming up in just a bit, I have two filmmakers joining me, Sybil Azur and Linda Savaros french They're both joining me to talk about their inspiring film called Pushing Motherhood. And again, that is up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with them around 9.30. 30. <laughs>